Civilian War Injury Insurance, and I tried to find a second company. This, this was issued by Businessmen's Assurance Company in Kansas City, Missouri, mm -hmm. and I tried to find information about wartime insurance in general, and I can't find anything other than this particular company. Now, somebody came up with a really dynamite idea here because they've got a picture of a guy getting blown up on his own street with a big bomb blast in the background. I mean, he's, his body isn't blown up, but you know, you get the concussion and people go flying through the air. Yeah. And the caption is, suppose it should happen here, right where you're living, bursting bombs, screaming shrapnel, flying glass. Leading insurance companies, including BMA, now offer you and members of your family new wartime policy. They're telling people the bombs are going to drop in their front yards and you need insurance for $5 a year. Now, is this a money-making operation or yeah. what? Uh, for $5 a year, you get $5,000 worth of life insurance. Mm -hmm. If both hands or both feet or sight and both eyes are gone, you get $5,000. One hand, one foot, or one eye, you get 5000 Oh, wait a minute. One hand and one, fit, one foot, either hand or foot, and sight in one eye. I mean, this is just awful. Good grief. Anyway, you get a lot of money if you get blown up. So that, so that, that's probably the catch, so you get blown up from some enemy argument. Oh, that's men. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. It says you must be, and these are the contingencies, mm -hmm. you must be in civilian life, man, woman, or child, any age. You must live in the United States, and the injuries covered include those caused directly by attack by armed forces of any enemy country. For such injuries as described in the policy, payments are made as follows for any one loss. And that was the list that I gave you here. So it has to be an enemy. It has to be a bomb. It has to be in the United States. And the injuries have to be catastrophic. And then you, when you can't, there's not enough of you left to spend it, then you get some money. So I wonder how many people took out the policy. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, in 19, this is 1943 or 42, I think I was, like, yeah, I was looking for 1942 information mm -hmm. for last week. And in 1942, let me see what date it was. This was August, August of 1942. So we're coming up, we're around the bend and looking at the first anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And I think the attitude in the country was still one of great fear. And we didn't do weather reports. People turned off all of the lights. They didn't go walking. They had to watch each other's neighbors. I mean, everybody, it was almost a, a paranoid sense in the country, mm -hmm. with good reason. I mean, I'm, I'm not 
at all poking at the reason, but I think the timber in the country was so, it, it, it was fear. Everybody lived in fear. And this pandered to fear. So I would think a lot of people bought it. Wow. For $5 a year? I mean, I can, I can see family sitting down and saying, gosh, for $5 a year, I'd really want to protect you. You know, a husband talking to a wife, uh -huh. because the husbands were, of course, the, the breadwinners, and the, and the husbands were going off to war. And if anything happened at home, somebody would have to take care of the kids. Yep. So uh, I think, I, I don't think, I know that this was developed to play on the fears of the people at that time. And it, uh, let's see where it ran. It ran in Time Magazine. It was Time Magazine. August. Pretty sure. I, you know. Sure. I mean, you, you place yeah. in in a magazine that has credibility yeah. and the credibility automatically falls over. It's, it's, um, it's credibility by association, just as guilt by association comes into play. What? I interrupted you. Yeah, you just gave me a thought. What happens if you had a dad who went to the service mm -hmm. and the mom at home taking care of the kid and the mom passes away? What would happen? What? Would the military allow the husband to go home to take care of the family? No. You no. Know? And the family didn't get any government assistance. So hopefully, it was, it was Roosevelt who put in Social Security, so nobody yeah. was eligible for Social Security. So I mean, hopefully, somebody in the neighborhood looked after the parents. Oh sure, sure. The, the family kitchen. or the neighbors picked up the kids, or uh, most especially family. Yeah. So, I mean, that what a tragic thing that would have been. Hello there. It's Paul again. I hey, just Paul. had an idea from listening to you. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a great um, theme some night to talk about all of the close calls that we experience of the enemy coming so close to our shores and even attacks. Mm -hmm. um, um, just for instance, you know, like uh, submarines that were recently found, like down in Southern California, off our shores, mm -hmm. and um, let's see, the Japanese, I believe it was the Japanese, yeah. uh, sent incendiary bombs on, by balloons, and um, some of them lit our forests on fire in places in Northern California. They landed in Oregon, yeah. That's a great point. I think different people would have different knowledge, like I could be hearing about stuff in uh, over in the Atlantic, on the East Coast side, mm. uh, that happened. So, great idea. It's an idea for for some night for uh, for a scene. My thought. Perfect. Because I'm enjoying hearing you talking about all of these posters and things like that. Great idea. So, I will say goodbye again. All right, Paul. Already. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Are you there? Uh-huh. You're there. I'm here. Are you there? I'm there. No, I'm here. You're, you're there. Wait a minute. If I'm here and you're there, then how can we be together? Well, I'm here, and you say you're here. I say I'm here. What do you say? I'm there. No, you're not. You're there. I'm there. You're, you're, 
<laughs> you know, um, this is like a kid's word game. If I'm here and you're here, then we're together, right? Correct. Okay. Except I'm not there. I'm here. Right. And well, actually, we're both here because there is spelled with here. Yeah. Here with a T. Walden, I think both of us need a nap. I'm doing good. I slept eight hours yeah. this morning. Oh, you you're doing very well. Yeah. What about so what about it. Patricia? Is, is she doing good today? Did she have her two hours of sleep? No. What I slept pretty well last yeah, night. You really did. Yeah, I really did. Good. Honest to goodness. Good. I got at least six hours. That's pretty... Might have even been closer to seven. That's remarkable for Patricia. Uh, good. Yeah, I did good. I mean, I are good. <laughs> you know, I would tell you what, people who are listening to us for the first time must think I am a real doofus. I am not a doofus. I are educated. <laughs> That's right. She's a writer. She, she's a writer. If, if you know her grammar and syntax during that statement, you know she's a writer. I are. <laughs> I are. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Let me see if we've got eggs. Oh, good, we have eggs here. All right, our Fibber show tonight prompted me to go out and look for food prices. Because Fibber is making breakfast for Molly, and you, of course, can imagine what the kitchen looks like. You know, it's, it's wallpapered in flour, and the eggs are broken. It's just, it's just awful, and I thought... You know, here we are. This is a 1943 show, and we're smack in the middle of World War II. Everything is getting rationed. And and thank you, Bob. You taught me how to say that word. Good grief. I've been mispronouncing it for my entire life. But I thought all of this food all over the place, how much did it cost? Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you. The... What have we got? We started out with, oh, Bisquick, look at this. Bisquick was made during the war. Did you know that? No, but that, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, Bisquick, that's right. I did not Bisquick. know. Yeah, and, uh, oh, I have to find something about bread. What did I write? Where is bread, bread, bread? Did you know? Uh, just remind me, slice bread when we get finished. I'm uh -huh. Up here. Okay, Bisquick. Yeah, 37 cents a box, but it doesn't say how big these things are. That seemed you like know, a lot of money to me during the war. I agree, yeah. but, you know, Bisquick comes in different size boxes, and I don't know how big the boxes were during the war. Mm -hmm. But you could get an awful lot out of a box of Bisquick. You could get pancakes mm -hmm. and biscuits. And, oh, and Patricia loves her pancakes. We know that's what she did with her. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. And I love Bisquick. <laughs> um, what else can you get from Bisquick? Biscuits. I, I had something. Yeah, the biscuits and pancakes. And I guess you, you could get, like, crusty things to put a little bit of meat in there, and you'd think you're having a whole big meat dinner. Could, could you make, a, could you, can you make chocolate cake from Bisquick? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, although, uh -huh. <laughs> Patricia would eat chocolate in almost anything. Uh, even, yeah. even, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, did I just hear that right? What? 
you eat chocolate in almost everything? Not broccoli. No. But what? if I took you to IHOP, would you eat those chocolate chip pancakes? Chocolate chip pancakes? No. Oh. If they put chocolate syrup on them, I might consider. Well, they do have chocolate syrup. Boy, oh boy. I'm glad I don't eat pancakes. <laughs> That's terrible. So, well, anyhow, here we are. We got Bisquicks for 37 cents a box. I have no idea how big this thing is, but I'm thinking it must be reasonably big because it costs people 18 ration points. Did I ever come up with the number of ration points people got each month? I don't. It's still been a long time, and, and you know what would be fun? To see what they cost per terms of ration point. Like, you know, <laughs> I think like Kraft cheese, which is like 10 or 12 cents and maybe two ration points or two, mm -hmm. ra two red, ra red ration points or something that, that you also define by the color. Well, the um, one color went for things like food, and the other colors went for things like shoes. Right. So, yeah. But that's that's what I'm giving you, 37 cents a box, but it cost you 18 points, 18 ration points. Brand, and, and, and this is and, 1940. And, 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 you know, the ration point was probably more scarce than the money, so you you probably, when you were putting together, that must have been a pain, put together, well, the, put together the weekly family menu, and you had to was. be concerned about ration points to be besides the money yeah. part. Yeah. Well, we listened to Birdie on to, on uh -huh. um, the Great Gildersleeve, and she talks about ration points and yeah. how much meat they can get for that particular week, and that they have to have a meatless dinner. So yeah. Gildersleeve was a great source of information for people. It's a great source of information for me today because it helps me know what was going on there. Also, but, it also tells you when remember sometime in the grocery show when they're going to have guests over for dinner. And they decided to go ahead and spend, spend the works. That's right. They bought a roast. Mm -hmm. I, I do remember that. Well, one of the things that we never talked about was that families got ration points for children. Even children had ration books. Hmm. Every member of the family got a ration book. So when mom went shopping, if she bought for husband and wife, that was one thing. If she bought, had to go to the supermarket for husband, wife, and child, she had extra points from her child's coupon book. Wow. We never talked about that, no, did we? No, we don't. We don't. Uh, we must do that at one time or a other. Okay, now bread. We've got bread at 10 cents a loaf in 1943, and it did not cost any points. That was a zero-point food. Wow. However, look what I discovered. This is Ban on Sliced Bread, 1943. Can you believe it? No. It was not the bread that was, that was banned. It was sliced bread that was banned. You could not slice the bread. And it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Somebody who wrote this article um, said that in January, it, it went in effect January 18, 1943. According to the New York Times, officials explained that ready-sliced bread must have a heavier wrapping 
than unsliced bread if it's not to dry out. So it was some a silly attempt to conserve whatever they wrapped bread with. What did they wrap bread with? They didn't use plastic. Must have been just paper. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the loaves were just paper? Okay. What, so. what, what that thing called? It's like wax, wax paper. Wax, wax paper. Do we have wax paper back in the... Uh-huh. Sure did. So that must have been... Okay. So in, in order... If, yeah, I would uh, think we rather... had wax paper before we had plastic. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay, it was also in, in, intended to counteract a rise in the price of bread caused by the Office of Price Administration, OPA, um, their authorization of a 10% increase in flour prices. That lasted until March 8th. <laughs> so we had, it went into effect January 18th, and it lasted until March 8th. Didn't make, didn't make it more than seven weeks. Yeah. It did not make it. Now, you know how how good the government is at spinning? Oh, yeah. Well, spinning apparently dates back quite far mm. because we've got on March 8th, 1943, the ban was rescinded. Wickard, who was the person who put it in, um, his identification is back there somewhere. Wickard stated, quote, our experience with the order leads us to believe that the savings are not as much as we expected, and the War Production Board tells us that sufficient wax paper to wrap sliced bread for four months is on hand in the paper processor in the baking industry. Can you imagine? I mean, this, this guy said, well, we're not saving as much. What he meant to say was, we got our buns kicked over this and we're just not going to try to enforce it anymore. They were even telling bakers not to use their slicing machines. I, that's just incredible. Yep. You, you talk about the height of stupidity. Can you imagine being remembered for outlawing sliced bread? That was my con- that was my contribution to the war effort. I banned sliced I, I bread. I banned sliced bread. Yeah, I mean, what a lineage! Can you? <laughs> my great grandfather was very instrumental in, in wartime conservation. He banned sliced bread. Dear me! Yeah. All right, so we got. You tell me when to stop here. We got cake mix, Cheerios, cheese, coffee. Oh, coffee! I got to tell you, coffee was twenty-four cents a pound, mm-hmm. but it cost forty-two points. Wow! Uh, man, you had to like your coffee to be able to well, justify popping. We got to figure out what. How many points did a person get a week? That would give us a really well, good I mean, deal. I think it was monthly. It was a monthly. Distribution. Now, they, uh, this is interesting. They may have been able only to spend a particular amount of points in a week, but they got the books every month. Let me see. Right. So let's say they got 200 points, spending 40 points on coffee. Can you imagine? I mean, I know. So let's say can. Well, I, see, I know my Patricia loves her coffee, so I guess we would have to budget that if we're going to go through wartime. Anthony, all right, here we go. Say that again about what? If what? we had to go through wartime, we would definitely have to budget for coffee for Patricia. Budget for coffee? We'd starve. I'd use all our points. I know. Uh, what's for dinner? Well, we've got some leftover coffee, coffee. grounds. We have some coffee, coffee. grounds. 
little bit of substance here. Okay, variety of shortages. Sugar and coffee. Didn't make Coca-Cola. We knew that. Overstocking. Cost of each. Ration book number one. Let's see what this is. Got a nifty picture of a ration book. Um, how many points? How many points? How many? How many? How many? Mine, you promised me. You promised me. Do not fold or oil iron steel worker. Got great pictures of what I want is information. Uh, all right. Okay, each person started out with 48, okay, each month, 48 blue points and 64 red points each month. Each month brought new ration, ration stamps as the old ones expired. Each stamp had a number on it designating, well, let's see what the blue and the red were. Holy um, cow, coffee was sure a big so hit. Coffee was 42 and you, out of 64 points for the month. Boy, and you couldn't save them. It wasn't like you could save from month to month. As soon as the month was over, the yeah. stamps were dead. Wow. So you really had to be desperate or have a lot of kids. Yeah, or something. Um, check out counter, remove the proper amount of stamps. Um, instructions on the back of ration book number four. Number four, I guess, would be the fourth month. That. Um, oh, an income tax refund check. This against the axis. Why not let this money ride? Isn't that interesting? The income tax refund check represents fighting dollars working to win the war. Keep them fighting. Against high prices, every dollar invested in war bonds helps keep prices down for your future. Put this money to work in war bonds. Let it ride. Take this check plus what little more may be required to a place where war bonds are sold. So they sent you a refund check. If you were entitled, of course, to a refund check, they sent you a refund check and then made you guilty about keeping it. Wow. I mean, really, you know, who, who could – I I doubt – Moms and dads were felt guilty about keeping it. Mm -hmm. You know, they just had so much. If you could, if you had stamps, you had to have money to be able to spend them. Sure. Gee whiz. Okay, so 64 red points a month, and that probably changed during the war. Yeah, but boy, I but I, I that's thought what we be, started out with. Yeah, I thought it'd be a little more than that. I, I thought so too. Yeah. When you look at this. So, boy, no wonder poor Birdie. Well, okay, Cheerios. And, and that tells you how how important the, sh the shopper was at home, distracting oh. points. Oh, my goodness. And you know, growing your own food, the Victory Gardens, good grief. Yeah. yeah. Okay, flour. Now, flour is what fibers spread all over the kitchen. Mm -hmm. 66 cents for 10 pounds, and it was 18 points. Now, moms did their own baking. Yeah. This was, you know, it's it's nice to have a loaf of sliced bread from the outside, but um, gee whiz, the fibers, fiber on the black market bought meat, and 
Riley, in the life of Riley, bought bread on the black market. Only he thought he was buying a couple of loaves of bread um, a week or a month. Yep. Was actually a couple of truckloads. <laughs> I don't think it was truckloads, but it was like big pallets. Yep. And he had all of this bread that he had to get rid of, and the only way he could get rid of it was either to eat it, which of course was impossible, mm -hmm. or sell it to his neighbors or even give it away. And if he had bread to give away, everybody knew he bought it on the black market. So he really got himself into a pickle. I noticed Fibber didn't pay any ration point when he bought the black market meat. He did not. <laughs> and he paid the penalty for it. It was like... Uh, he he threw it out. Yeah. Um, it, it was not exactly a prime piece of meat. No. But Doc made him feel so guilty that he he disposed of it. Okay, corn. Thirteen cents a can. These were pretty big cans of corn. Mm -hmm. Eighteen points. Wow. Oh, people could eat. Wow. People could eat all of it in one meal. Well, I told you. This is that, it's just. It just tells you how important that you probably spent your, your points on meat. But, I mean, I imagine we'll go over to the, what the meat and, and you grew everything else. Because you had to save your points somehow. Uh, I'm going to have to find. I mean, it's just impossible that a family could survive on 42 points a month. Cookies, 22 points. Corn, 18 points. Wow. Crackers, 5 points. Wow. Noodles, 18 points. Peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter was only 9 points. Orange juice, zero. Great. Can't live on orange juice. Popsicles, 22 points. No popsicles for kids. Steak, 13 points a pound. That's better than coffee. That's better than coffee. I mean, I could have four pounds of steak versus a can of coffee. I think we could, cut, we could cut up those steaks in a small piece. That'd be pretty good. All right. Now, here's the – see, whatever I just read, that site, that was incorrect. That must have been 42 per week. Yeah. It had to be. Sugar, five pounds of sugar, 80 points. Wow. Tomato juice, 20 points. So something was wrong. Something was wrong. We need We need more accurate numbers. We cannot just – let an inaccurate number fly on our show. No. We cannot do this. Patricia, Patricia doesn't allow that. Anything you just heard, everybody, was not was not authorized by Patricia. <laughs> it was not. It's not the opinion of this show, <laughs> of this station. That's what it is. Rationing. Um. Um, even if that was, even the ballpark, that shows how precious things were. Well, I guess we'll find out the actual numbers. Oh, these, these numbers are nuts. Just a minute. Rationing on the home front. Historical society ought to know. Well, a government website. Government website would be much better. Uh, Ames Historical Society exists. Hold on. <laughs> what I want is the word month. And many times. Not found? You mean month not found? 
continuous. All right, back to the drawing board here. Don't go away. You're so patient. I love, be, I love being with you, so, you know, you wander. <laughs> you wander. You know, I'm happy. Yeah, I just kind of wander through the woods here, yeah. pretending that I'm not going camping. I, I'm happy. Yeah. Monthly number. Month, we've been month. we've been together so long. I know how you work. I know. Tell people how long we've been together. We've been together for we've been together for over thirty eight straight months on Saturday night or so, and five years Christmases. We've done a lot of shows. We've probably done you know hundred over hundred and fifty shows together probably. That's a well, lot of no, shows. No, probably more, like, probably closer to two hundred, probably. Man, that's a lot of trivia. That's a lot of work you put into this. Thing. I, I get a prize. I know you. I told I'll somebody get, the other day for getting home from Miami. I didn't deserve a paycheck. I deserved a medal. I'll so get, I want a medal for all my trivia. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? You, I'll, I'll be happy to give you a a lifetime contract. Really? You bet. At my same salary. No, we gotta find some moolah. We have to find some real money. Yeah, we gotta. All find right. Some. How much food was one person allowed to buy per week during the war? Weekly ration varied from month to month. Ah, as foods became more or less plentiful. Typical ration for one adult per week. That doesn't say how many points I'd have to pay. You would, yeah, you would think that kind of information would be out there somewhere. And, well, it's, it's out there, but I would think that it would have been more obvious, mm -hmm. you know, or more prominent, I guess would be the better word. Mm, let's see. Food rationing. One packet of soap was half a month. Ooh, half a month's ration. You get one egg every two months. That must be, oh, it is, United Kingdom. When you talk about an yeah. egg a month, it's United Kingdom. Those poor people, you know, as bad as we had it here, it made us look like we were at the Hilton. Yep. And I did not know that until we started paying attention and, you know, talking about World War II and not only on the battlefronts, but on the home fronts. We started to do our homework. Yes. Yeah. What was rationed during World War II? England and Great Britain. That's a British site. Um, 16 points for red stamps. All right. Hmm. We're getting closer. I keep seeing this number 48 stamps. 48 stamps. We'll get closer if my page loads. Uh, oh, poor baby. I've overworked her so much. All right. American food rationing began May 5th, 1942. We knew that. We want to know what you did to people. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Food ration. Food stamps. Ration cards. Um, ooh, boy, they weren't fooling. The OPA was responsible for ration stamps that covered food, clothing, and gas. The OPA determined points for items, accessibility of items, and who received ration cards. 
It was a criminal offense to forge ration cards, hoard items, hoard items. How would they know if you hoarded in your closet? Or to buy and sell rationed items illegally. And there's our black market, poor Riley. I don't know. What, I can't remember what he did with the bread. Do you know? No, I haven't heard the show. You haven't heard that one. Mm-mm. The punishment for tampering with the rationing system was imprisonment for 10 years or longer and fines as high as $10,000. Well, my goodness, you know, these people were living on the streets. <laughs> you can find me as much as you want. Just don't expect me to pay. Um, people selling on the black market sold gas, sugar, and meat, regardless of punishments. And indeed they did. Let's see. All right, here we go. Citizens divided into colored stamps for different items. Red and blue stamps were worth 10 points. Citizen also used red and blue tokens at one point apiece. Each citizen had 16 points for red stamps and 48 points for blue stamps with expiration dates that allowed for the purchase. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it looks like, uh, all right, blue stamps. Now they've got 48 blue stamps. Blue stamps covered frozen, bottled and tinned fruits and vegetables. Dry beans, well, that means out of my 48 stamps, I could spend how much on, on a can of corn? What did I say, 18? 18. Oh, man. How did these people survive? Got three cans of corn and you're done. I mean, you're, you're finished. Yeah. You, you count out the kernels. All right, red stamp rations covered all meats, butter, cheese, oils, and fats. Blue stamp rationing covered frozen, bottled, and tinned fruits and vegetables, dry beans, juices, and processed foods such as ketchup, soup, and baby food were blue stamp rationing. All right, now, you only got, you only got 10, 16, 10, you got 48 points, blue points, and you had to buy ketchup, soups, and baby food. Now, this was each each person mm-hmm. received 48 blue points. The children also received rationing stamps. So as difficult as it was, it doesn't look quite as stark as what we're looking at. 48 points was for a single person. But even at that, a single person living alone? I know. Wow. And they didn't have freezers in... in the way we're accustomed to having them. And most people had ice boxes. They didn't have refrigerators. The ice man cometh. You know, he'd show up at the street and he'd buy a block of ice and put it in this box, and it was called an ice box. Rations did not apply to eggs or fresh and dried fruits like prunes and raisins. Fish was available for purchase in areas near seaports. Grain products like bread, cereals, and pastas were not rationed, nor were jams, preserves, and jellies. That's dumb. That's just not what we're looking at here. You know, you've got to believe everything on the Internet, right? Right. All right. Jams, jellies. Let me see. Jams, jellies. Jelly, 40 points. I know, of course, they they would have Norwood jams. Give me a break here. I mean, jam is made with, like, 99% sugar. Mm -hmm. 
So 24 cents a jar, but we don't know how big the jar was, and 40 points for jelly. Sugar, 80 points for five pounds. What you can make it, well, except that people did all of their baking and cooking at home. But still, I mean, when you're living like this, you can eat raisins for dessert. You don't need a cake. I mean, seriously. Spinach. Spinach. 15 cents a can, 18 points for spinach. Now, I don't have a date on, I. oh, yes, I did. 1943. I asked for 1943 food costs. Wow. And, of course, it, it, it varied a little bit from month to month. Right. But I think when you look at a list like this, I think it's pretty representative. Now, a pound of steak was 13 points. A can of spinach was 18 points. Well, I'm going to vote for the steak for when we have dinner. I'm with you. I'll yeah. go eat grass. Yeah. And harvest the grass. <laughs> like, I mean, stuff like this. Shrimp was 12 points. Sausage was zero. Sausage. Piggy food was zero. Well, it, it was helpful to live on a farm. Well, no, no points for eggs. Correct. So... And no points for ground beef. Mm -hmm. Ground beef, no points. 42 points for coffee, but you were okay on ground beef. Well, <laughs> I'd really have a rough time, wouldn't I? I'm well, I guess, we're gonna, I guess we're going to know. You, I guess when, you, when we send you off shopping for the family, we know uh, when you come home. Well, family, I got our two cans of coffee for the month. Nothing else. Shopping with a breeze. You expected something else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Luncheon meat, zero points. Ground beef, zero points. Let's see what the cheese I guess was. we'll be having hamburger every night. Coffee and hamburgers every night. I think this is what we're going to be looking for. <laughs> oh, and we can have orange juice. Uh-huh. Uh, and luncheon meat and ground beef. Let's see. Um, eggs. Of so we're going to have zero. we're going to have sausage and eggs for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, luncheon meat for lunch and hamburgers at night, and Patricia can have a coffee. We 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 made it. Works for me. We made. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Now cheese at thirty-five cents a pound required twelve points. Wow. The Great Gilder Sleeve for craft mm -hmm. advertised pad step yep. and i looked up the spelling of it it's p a b s dash p e t that's from from memory right but I, it took a bit of searching because i don't know that product i did not know that product i have no idea what they were <laughs> selling but it is a it, it's a sort of cheesy product uh-huh and is that, is that the version of it's a cheesy treat? A cheesy, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. It yes. was not a pure cheese. Yeah. And I think that's how they managed to get away with so few points. What was it, like three points a pound uh -huh. or something like that? Was it, Does that sound right? Three points yeah. or well, two I points? I also remember it was a big deal on the Great Labor Show uh, macaroni and cheese. Mm -hmm. And they give so many racing points for that. Yes, um, at 12 points a pound, but you don't use it, well, it depends on how big your family is. You don't normally use a pound of cheese in 
you know, and this was a cheese product. It wasn't actual cheese. Even the Velveeta yeah. it was, was a cheese product. So I don't know how that ranked and rated up there. But pasta, we're looking at pasta noodles. Noodles will do. Um, 18 points for a box of noodles. Well, I guess I guess we're gonna have to knock on people door and get as much chicken fat. That way we we can get some more ra- we, we raisin. We can go and get two more raisin points, <laughs> ration points. It's very hard to change something that you've used incorrectly for an entire lifetime. And, oh my goodness! You know this 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 really shakes me up. And we're talking about no points yeah. for eggs. Yeah. At 35 cents a dozen, and the British people are allowed one egg a month, and that's assuming they can find it. Right. The only eggs that were available there for a long time were sold as, obviously, eggs that you could eat, but they were so old that they were actually rotten on the inside. So even though people could have one a month, most people didn't buy them because they knew... It was robbery type stuff. Oh my goodness, Walden, we would never survive like this. I can you, can you imagine? The, can you imagine the protests in today's America if we went with this kind of restrictive rationing system? Any kind of rationing system, I think, would would um, just turn people upside down. They're gonna say, "I don't care. Give up the war. Surrender the war. As long as I got my." cup of coffee I'm good I want my coffee and my five dollars a year insurance in case I get blown up in my neighborhood wow 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 okay I found some really good stuff that I think I think oh that belongs someplace else (laughs) okay in dollars hundred dollars in 1943 and they're measuring in all other kinds of ways. Wow. We've got, in. this is in income or wealth. Mm-hmm. $100 in 1943 would be the equivalent, <clears throat> excuse me, of $1,300 in 2011. But when they measure it in working hours, in um, CPI, in um, uh, the, the um, gross domestic product, they they all come out with different numbers, but this I guess income or wealth is pretty standard because if you're dealing with income, that's your buying power. Right. So thirteen hundred dollars for a hundred dollars in 1943, we'd have to come up with thirteen hundred dollars today. Wow. So if you're only getting a hundred dollars, if you've got a hundred dollars in your pocket, and, and, and let me see what the wages are. The average wage was $1,700 a year. Wow. So we're looking, and this is a year, we're looking at lunch and meat at $0.33 cents a pound, flour at $0.66 cents a pound. Man, you just chew into that very fast. Oh, yeah. You figure, what, one-third of your income? How is it then? They, they figure one-third of your income should go... No more, no more than one third of your income should go to housing. Yeah, it's about a, no more than a forty percent debt ratio if you're going to go in debt and yeah. have a mortgage. Oh, for a mortgage, yeah. yeah. 
Um, um, when they when they talk about rents, mm-hmm. it, it should be no more than one third, um, and they prefer twenty five. Although I don't know a whole lot of people who can do that, but with an average wage of seventeen thirty three, how much of that would in nineteen forty three would have gone toward housing? Yeah, I was, I was doing the reverse. What the purchasing power uh, would be. 17 times 1,300. Well, no, I mean, I, just... I, I was just thinking, it's equivalent to... Uh, the, the equivalent today, Over $10,000, I guess. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so, well, third would be... It would be almost $600. Well, it would be about 630 bucks a year. So, you're looking at... I guess you're looking at uh, five, five, $50 a month. $50 a month. And that would be equivalent to $850 today. Wow. Well, then I don't know how they did it. Oh, 650 I don't know. I don't know how they raised kids on something like this. I don't know how the adults survived. I mean, adults can do without an awful lot of stuff. Kids cannot. Well, a lot of kids did, though, if you think about it. They had to have clothes. They had to have shoes. Handy downs. And they, yeah, I and mean, and sharing with neighbors. You know, my yeah. I'm, my baby is now out of clothes, and yeah. you've got a baby, but let me have your three-year-old shoes. Yeah. And I know that there was a lot of trading like that. But my goodness. There is no way that would go on today. Well, also think of it. Think of the slang, the the term we used a lot in the 40s that you hardly hear anything when when somebody come came over to can I borrow a cup of sugar? How uh-huh. how often do you know neighbors that would borrow things like that? That back then it was so precious that people wanted to share. Mhm. And they brought it back. Right. They they really meant right. borrow. If you hear people who still smoke, and there are quite a few of them out there, they'll they'll say something like, "Could I borrow a cigarette?" Right. Well, you don't borrow it; you smoke it and destroy it. Right. And that's assuming somebody wouldn't punch it in the eye. I was at the checkout counter in the front of Walgreens yesterday or the day before, and I looked up. That's where the cigarettes are in the back. Yeah. Six dollars a pack. And if you're in New York City, I think oh, it's ten. Oh, I mean, it, it's just awful. It's off the charts up there. But six in my little corner of the world, six dollars a pack. I don't even want to. Uh, uh, I I can't even go there. I, I just I don't. I just can't go there. Well, all right. You know what tells you also what what's a good value? Which rent? Is it in a lot of places? Um, rent was a pretty good deal. Housing cost was a pretty good deal in the 60, 70 years ago. I think that's been the biggest hit to people's income is trying to have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And it makes small houses and relatives living together very understandable. Mm-hmm. Now look at some of these places, Walden, that are for sale. 
um, around here, and we're talking four or five, six million dollars for a house. Yeah. In a depressed market on yeah. top of it. Yeah. These things, I swear, you need a golf cart to get around the inside of some of these things. <laughs> oh, man, where are you going? I'm going to the bathroom. Vroom, vroom. Well, <clears throat> at least we know who, at least we know one thing. Yeah. The, the people who own the old house, they ain't clean enough. taxes no maintenance or anything property taxes thirty thousand dollars a year yeah i i mean that's that's why i i known families that had to leave the midwest because property taxes were so bad unreal yeah, yeah. unreal many hazards to being rich one of them is that you can't keep it and still be rich mm -hmm. When you live like that, you just can't. Okay, what do you want to do? Oh my gosh, it's five o'clock. How did that happen? We had a good time. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Now, for the last month, I have looked up dates. And I have looked up important stuff. And I've got, uh, I've got January and February, everything in January and February. So you have to bear with me and let me tell you about the beginning of March. And then I can pick up next week, okay? Okay. All right. We know that, and we don't really know that. This is the time of the year when animals start to wake up from hibernation. So that's very nice to know. Mm -hmm. If you're in bear country, it's an important thing to know. If you're out in the woods, like some people do with a pup tent, and we have no idea where a pup tent came from. If you are out there with your pup tent, it is very important to know that the bears are going to be roaming around, and they're going to be hungry. Um, so that okay. means Patricia's not going to be sleeping in a pup tent. Patricia's not going into the woods. No. She is not going out the backyard. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you about the little bear that wound up in the condominium community, did I? <laughs> no. I'll put that on for next week's okay. list. Help me help me remember to do that. Okay. Okay, so, all right, we've got music in our schools month. Isn't that interesting? We were just talking about That's that tonight. True. That's March. Okay, and then we've got National Frozen Food Month. That's why we can use our blue racing points. Yeah. Yeah. Gee. Okay. National Irish American Heritage Month, and that was actually designated by Congress in 1995. No, wait. It is an honest-to-goodness, congressionally approved, stamped, and delivered National Irish American Heritage Month. We've got National Nutrition Month, National Peanut Month, National Women's History Month. Where did all our ice cream and stuff go? I don't know. We, we always have good stuff like apple pie and ice cream and stuff like that there. Mm -hmm. Okay, March 2nd. The movie King Kong premiered. Wow. A King Kong poster. That's the one. King Kong poster from the 1933 premiere went for... $335,000. Patricia, we can buy a house. You know, I pulled down some information about the really cheap ones that are up there. I mean, oh. Casablanca, you can pick up for a song. 
So maybe we should start thinking about investing in that kind of stuff, huh? Might as well. Pepe Le Pew was worth a bunch of, like, $12,000. One panel of Pepe Le Pew, $12,000. The thing didn't even smell, I bet. Gee whiz. Okay, 1904. Dr. Seuss was born on March 2nd, 1904. What was his real name? I don't remember. Joy somebody, wasn't it? Theodore Geisel. That's it. Theodore Geisel. Bless his heart. He gave us some wonderful sure stuff. Did. And March 2nd, 1917, Desi Arnaz. Hey, hey, hey. Now, I got some for March 3rd because I knew that we weren't going to be hanging around very long on March <laughs> 2nd. And we've got the United States Mint was created in 1791. Chocolate? <laughs> That's pretty... Pretty tough to chew, but yeah, I'll take some. <laughs> uh, 1875, this is all on March 3rd, 1875, the first ever organized indoor game of ice hockey. 1875, how did they do that indoors? Must have been very cold winter. Uh-huh. But indoors, something must be wrong with that. Time Magazine, 1923. And the Star Spangled Banner became the national anthem in 1931, March 3rd, 1931. Wow. Now, you're going to listen to all of this, like the second is Old Stuff Day. I thought that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. We missed it. It was Saturday. It is already Sunday. I know. We missed Old Stuff Day, and stuff is our favorite word. Yes. So... We move on to better things. Sunday, today, is I Want You to Be Happy Day. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Very nice. Well, then I want you to be happy. I always want you to be happy. I don't ever want you to have a, an unhappy day the rest of your life. Aww. That's nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, that one sits side by side with If Pets Had Thumbs Day. Don't ask. I okay. have no idea. <laughs> Not Peach Blossom Day. Then the fourth is Hug a GI Day. Isn't that great? Yep. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, on the sixth, we have Dentist's Day. Good. Now, this one is, oh, no, this is pork. I'm sorry. Um, National Crown Roast of Pork Day on the seventh. Hmm. And following that is Be Nasty Day <laughs> on the 8th. Yeah. Um, International Working Woman's Day. Well, excuse me. There is not a woman on earth. Well, I hope every female is out there take that day off. Boy, oh boy. I don't know. We ought to have a men's day like that, too. Uh, National. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, the 10th is Middle Name Pride Day. Okay. Good. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> That's it for for March. And now you can have your questions. You can save them for next week. What would you like to do? Well, if if we can take a five minute break, we can do my questions. Okay. Do you want to do that? Piece. 
Oh, so let me play sure. it. I have to tell you one thing because it's going to get lost. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Do you know what the original name of Pepsi was? Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi-Cola. Hit the spot. Right. Um, that was not the original name. And I didn't I look don't up know. I didn't look up anything except to verify that this was actually correct. Sure. I don't know who Brad was, but it was called Brad's Drink. Wow. Like Brad Runyon yep. stuff. Yep. Brad's Drink. I, I could have been a last name, too. Wow. But it got changed to Pepsi-Cola, and I think that was a wise thing to do. So we're going to take a five-minute break. We're going to play a song, too. That way I can go use the restroom, stuff like and that. Everything is so public on this show. We have no embarrassment I don't, at all. I don't oh, have then it. you said what? I don't have any secrets with the family. Obviously. Yeah. The family loves me. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I can um, play a couple of music. I can always call you back if you want to put the phone down or whatever you want to do. Yeah, let me let me do that. Okay. And then I'll know. Nah, whatever. If, if you come back, we can just pick up where we left off. Right. If I stay on the phone? Right. Okay. You can put the phone down. I can do that. Okay. We're going to be back Hi. in a few minutes, everybody. Hi. And here's a, so, some music from down a line I figure that it's engine number 49 she's the only one that'll sound that way on the Atchison Topeka and the Santa Fe see the old smoke rising round the bend I reckon that she knows she's gonna meet a friend folks around these parts get the time of day from the Atchison Topeka and the Santa Fe here she comes Jim, you better get the rig. She's got a list of passengers that's pretty big, and they'll all want lifts to Brown's Hotel. Cause lots of them been traveling for quite a spell, all the way from Philadelphia, on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. All Let her rip, let her rip, Mr. Engineer. Gotta go, gotta go far away from here. While the man at the fire shovels on the coal, stick your head out the cab, watch the drivers roll, see the towns and the roads go whizzing by. Fare thee well, Laramie, Albuquerque, hi, yes, sirree, here we are going all the way. Till we hit California, yeah. 
Back of Johnny Mercer in the first song. Hello there. Hello. I can hear Patricia. I'm here. I thought you were really going to take one of Walden's five minute breaks. <laughs> I can. Well, one of your five minute breaks 
it isn't over in five minutes. I'm sorry. I was just kind of cruising through with some peanut butter. <laughs> well, I did. I, I went and grabbed a piece of cheese besides you in the restroom, so I did good. Everybody knows where you were. I did a sip of pop. Mom doesn't want, Mom doesn't want me to drink any pop in this room until the, until these mattresses have uh, been broken in. So I had to go out to the refrigerator and sip a pop a little bit out there and have my water in here. Hold You're on. not allowed to drink carbonated beverage in your own room? That's right. Right Until the car, until the protective plastic mat are broken in. Okay. Okay. So you have to go to the kitchen. Uh-huh. Well, that'll cut down on your Pepsi or Coke consumption, won't it? Yeah, but that's okay. I got. It's, I got. Good for you. Do you know how many, how much sugar is in a can of Coke? I don't what know. I, I drink pretty much all diet. Well, just it, it, throw a dart and I'll tell you what the number is. It's probably uh, eighteen teaspoons. Nine. In a can of Coke. Sounds pretty good. Nine teaspoons. Wow. I mean, wow, well, I have to put my peanut butter down. <laughs> well, I'll play another song. Why don't I play another no, song? No, no, here I am. I just had to turn around and find a place to put it. Okay, so we, we're up to your questions, right? You bet. And I've got all this stuff pulled over for next week. Let's see. Walden's questions. Okay, we've got a first yeah, I think there's a good chance I will be on time. My brother is going out. And wants to go out with friends, I think, for his birthday, so if we have a dinner early. And so if I get back from the board meeting, etc., I should be on time next Saturday. And so if you're not? If not, Patricia will, will, will not do the show without me. <laughs> I think most people probably figured that out already. Do you think you've so? Got all of the buttons. And all the things that go bad on your board. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could do was talk to myself, well, which I, I do very well. I, I'm a very good conversationalist. You're, you're good company. I am. Yeah. I really am good company. Yeah. I, I, you know how much I appreciate my quiet time. I know. And I'm really very comfortable with myself. I know that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do, mm -mm. to spend time alone. And be their own company. Well, there's a. I, I thought it was so funny. Um, there's a national sports talk show host this week who on ESPN in the morning. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so funny. Um, he hates being by himself. He has to talk to somebody. He thinks he. He thinks personally he's terrible company to be by himself. So what he does during his simulcast, his radio and TV show simulcast, and, mm -hmm. the, and he'll regularly miss <laughs> the bathroom at 30 seconds away, uh, he has to have somebody go with him. That way he can talk to somebody. You're kidding. No. So he's been, Was he serious? Yes. And so he's been roasted. Oh, even a co-host admitted it, and he's been roasted for the last two to three days from the public. This man has a problem. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he has a problem. I thought LBJ had hit the pinnacle in the bathroom when he, when I realized that he used to hold 
news conferences yeah. and interviews. And I mean, Jim Bishop did a great, I, I think he was working on his Lincoln book. Uh-huh. And maybe he was just doing a political, whatever it was, he had to interview Lyndon Johnson. And Johnson wouldn't give him any time unless it was in the bathroom. And I mean, I <laughs> We got such class and culture sometimes in this country, oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, speaking of presidents, mm-hmm. we have your Stump Walden question, your brain teaser. Presidential quote is another first lady quote tonight, mm, which I think is, is really cool. Two ladies in a row. All right. Two ladies in a row. Well, you know, sometimes the ladies have better stuff than the guys. Well, the ladies... I, I mean, that's not across the board, but once no. in a while I'll find something that just... They can't match. You not know, the ones I've looked you, at, anyway. You know what will be interesting? We can come up sometime with five more colorful first ladies in our history. That's a great question. Yeah. And I would need time to go back and read about some of them. Well, you know, who, Abigail Adams is quite high on the list of being very smart and very, you know, mm-hmm. confident. So... Be interesting yep. to study that. Yeah, without question, regardless of whoever is on the list, Eleanor Roosevelt belongs yep. there, in my humble opinion. Dolly Madison is probably another one, you know. Uh huh. I think we're going to have to go for more than five. Like, probably well, so. No, it's a good exercise to say we have to get down to five. It'll make me pay closer attention to mm-hmm. all our first ladies. Yeah. Okay, and then we have your baseball question and your honest-to-goodness presidential question. Which one would you like first? You get to pick this week. Baseball. Baseball. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. I have information about Ladies' Day at, at baseball parks, but this is not part of any of that, okay? Right. In 1943, something extraordinary involving women happened, and it's baseball-related. What was it? Uh, the the woman professional baseball league started. I don't believe you got that. Why the best? Did I ask? Did I ask the question in a way that what? Oh, cranky! Of course not. You knew what the answer was. Silly me! I mean, silly me! Um. All right. Well, well I've got one, another piece. One of the best well-known players at that time just passed away within the last month or so of that, that? professional league. I forgot her name, but she... It's very well known, yeah. but you can't remember her. Well, of that period of time. I haven't, yeah. I have not studied it. You know, there was that whole movie, uh, you know... I was, remember that movie, yeah. but I didn't realize that this was the all... It's, it was called the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, and it was formed in 1943. Yeah. Now, I have an additional piece of information that might help explain why it was such, um, why it was, I don't want to say a good thing, why it came about, perhaps one of the reasons that went into its evolution, Mm -hmm. was that in 1943, 340 major league players were over-serving in World War II. Yep, and considering there's only 18 it was 16 teams mm-hmm. times, what, 25 ballplayers? 
So you're talking, Patricia, 400 ball players and 340 were gone. That's amazing. Did I lose my Patricia? I bet I did. Okay. We'll call her right back. So hang in there, silly buddy. Anyway, we are back and Patricia was making his 340 ball players were in the service in 1943. And I got thinking approximately how many players were in the major league. And I figured 400. So most it, of them. It looks like about, <clears throat> excuse me, 400. And most of them are gone. That's, that's incredible to think about the percentages of guys gone. Well, how many and who were they left to play professional ball? A lot of them were uh, uh, older players. And a lot of them were uh, probably high school kids. You know, Joe Nuxall was 15 when he was picking for Cincinnati. Good grief. How many of them came up from the minors? A lot of them, yeah. You know, and back in those days, uh, you had 12 to 16 teams, uh, 16 affiliate per major league team, so there was a lot of minor league ball. And remember, this is the so time... they had people available, but all of the names the average person would know about was out in war effort. Well, also, think of the minor leagues were wiped out, too, probably. All those what guys. Was wiped out? All the mile leagues were probably, all those kids were probably wiped out and gone into the service. Well, sure. Boy, they were really putting together bits and pieces, weren't they? Yeah, and to think about it, that's when we had the one-armed outfielders who were playing for the Cleveland Brown in 1944. You know, guys were playing mm -hmm. with just one arm. Yeah. Wow. So, it was my thought when I dug around and mm -hmm. found that piece of information that that was a major contributor into the development of the oh, I women's was, I professional was, ball. I think you're right. I mean, people just weren't able to get professional baseball as they were accustomed to. And I'm not sure that this was a great, but they, I mean, they were great to watch. Well, also, was, also I wonder if those ladies played nighttime baseball. You know, most most of the service, most of the major league team were playing daytime ball. Yeah. And maybe the gals were were part of entertainment, and, uh, and during peaks of uh, time, when guys got out of factory, they could do something a little entertainment. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing food. I don't for know, thought. but they. And I I remember seeing pieces of the movie that you referenced yeah. with the the women playing ball, and I did not realize at the time, and probably wouldn't have cared at the time, but you have trained me well. <laughs> your life has your life has been changed a little bit, hasn't it? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, it has. I'll never be the same. No, no. You. And you, where is Charles? He hasn't even called in and given us a hard time about S-words and stuff like that that's there. That's true. I He's mean, listening it's, to it's, his baseball. It, become, it be, has become a part of Patricia's vocabulary. S-words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she following the Super Bowl. You know, it's just amazing. Toilet Bowl? The Super The Toilet Bowl, yeah. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Sure. I am just an amazing little creature. Okay. 
Jump Walden, brain teaser, your presidential question or your first lady quote? My first lady, of course. Your first lady quote. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt, you are right. I think that woman is the only one of our first ladies who could come up with something so penetrating. Mm-hmm. She was a remarkable lady. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just like me. You are. You are my first lady. You are You are the first lady of the USA. You are remarkable. Thank you. You are. Thank you. You are. So maybe people could call in and vote for me on Fridays. I think it's a good chance. Because gotta... Jimmy Stewart can't vote for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the first lady of Saturday night has a shoe in. She's going to get reelected. I hope so. Yes. And it's not even an election year. Yeah. And, uh, All if, right. If, if she doesn't, she might get way on the floor and kick to her old feet. Oh, I'll jump up and down and wave my arms. I'm not even going to whine on the floor. Ah. I'm going to yell standing up. Ah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I want to come back. That's one of our <laughs> upcoming shows. I want to come back. Gosh. Oh, wasn't that dreadful? You yeah. you haven't listened to I, it. Yeah, I've heard that one. I've heard that one. I so want we to play, come back? We play, really? on the, we play it on the Saturday night show a few, uh, a few a year or so ago. Oh, I don't think so. That was... Um, or I Was a Convict? I Was a Convict okay. was the one that we played. This one is brand new. I never heard Ooh, this one before. Wee. It was a brand new find and a brand new edition. So anybody who has a, has a set of the awful shows does not have this one. This is brand new. This is going, I've been adding periodically. This is going so. to volume two pretty quick. This will be, will be released later this year. <laughs> It uh, should be, uh, yes. At a yes. radio station. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you know what, Walden? And a radio station near you. Yes. What that? I have been chucking these things into my existing Awful Show folder, and I will have to go back and call the ones that I have added, because you're right, they do belong in Volume 2. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I can do that. Good. You, that's I'm, why. That's I'm why. Wonderful. That's why you. Wonderful people can do stuff. That's why you're remarkable. Yeah, I'm. That's why I'm remar- you are. First, you are first lady. You are first lady. Yeah, stuff. I'm adorable. That's what it is. Yeah, you're first lady. I'm adorable. You are adorable first lady stuff. You come from good stuff. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Okay. I mean, thank you. That's yeah, really nice. Of course. Okay, I so I've got truth. three yeah. more questions for you. Does that help? They're doing good. That helps my reputation, right? You are good. Okay. Which one would you like? The brain teaser. The brain teaser. What goes through a door but never goes in and never comes out? My foot. Well, it's got to go in. <laughs> what goes through a door but never go in and never go out? Right. Um, a dog through the puppy door? Well, he's going in or out. Hmm. 
where it goes through the door, and never goes in, and never goes out. Uh, a key? You're very close. I'm going to give you that. A keyhole. You are absolutely ah, right. A keyhole. Boy, that's it. That's you're it. getting hot. I have to search for harder ones for you. You are getting hot. You, you're training me well. Oh, my goodness. You are thinking in unusual ways. That's true. Okay, we've got two more. Yes. We have Stumpy and we have Prez. So let's do Stumpy. Okay, you're Stumpy. Mm -hmm. Can you top this? We've been talking about that show because I have a nice collection for anyone who would like it. You do have to earn it, but... We do have a nice collection. Mm -hmm. So this show, Can You Top This, was a panel show. Panelists had to top the, sh the jokes that were sent in by the listening audience, and they, the jokes could be on any subject except three. Mm -hmm. What were the three topics that were prohibited? Oh. Relation? Mm-hmm. Uh, sex? <laughs> no, <laughs> sex wasn't on there. Uh, That's interesting, though. Well, I, I wouldn't, I, I doubt that people would even send in a sex question. I don't know. Um, you know, today, a taboo would have been race. That would not mm -hmm. have been the taboo then. Um, well, there, there, are, there are two that are almost gimmies. You've got religion. Yeah. These, these are jokes. You think politics? I don't know. Politics is the second one. Okay. The third one? Mother-in-laws. It's so out the window. Yeah. Mother-in-laws? Nope. There's no way you can get this. I have to tell you. All right. Arson. Huh. Setting fires. Now, what the heck was going on when that show was on that they would... When did it run? What years, remember? 38 you know, to 51? It was, it was quite a long It was time. a long run, I should have remembered that. Okay. <clears throat> Good old John... A career captain. Can you top this? Okay, it started December 1940 and ran through, I mean, a happy flopped all over the place. 1954? 15 years? Wow. Wow. Well, I think... Well, I, I thought the panelists would have collapsed before then. I think O'Leary Cow was already kicked over. Uh, it, you know, the, well, that the was fire. Always, it probably wasn't the case, but the poor yeah. cow. Yeah. It, but you know, it, that was not deliberately said. It was accidental, no matter what happened. Uh, I'm just trying and, to. Think. Oh, what did I say? The the big fire in Chicago. I sent you that file. Mm-hmm. Of the LaSalle Hotel, and I think that was 1946. Right. But this thing started in 1940. 40. Arson. And I'm thinking the famous uh, 
fire in uh, the northeast that Buck Jones lost his life, but that was 42. And... And one, one, yeah, well... I don't know of any, Patricia. Uh, it just is such a peculiar item to specify. Some, something must have happened, and it could have been international, too. You don't know. Yeah. Arson. I mean, arson is not exactly something you would want to tell no. a joke about to begin with, but to deliver it. I mean, there are an awful lot of things you don't want to tell a joke about. Death. Yeah. At, at that point, well, divorce was, I think divorce has always been a subject of humorous jabs because people were afraid of it. And it's always easier. It, it, it's supposed to make people feel better if they can make fun out of something that scares them. Hmm. So I think divorce might fit into that pocket with a lot of people. Arson. So maybe somebody out there who is listening has some thoughts on why such a strange subject would be excluded right. from a joking program. Right. I mean, these, these guys came up with some pretty hot stuff. Yep. And it was tossed at them from left field. And they were doing, they were doing the ab web, so there really was no whole bar. They just probably knew, had a new stay within a certain guidelines. They, they had to stay on the subject that was given to them. There was a joke that was read, and they had to make the joke better. Yep. Not necessarily that particular joke, but they had to take the subject of the joke and when they spoke. And they didn't get any think time. This is the joke, fellas. Yep. And they would assign your number one, your number two, and your number three. So the third guy, I don't know if that was a benefit or a debit to be third. Well, if it think? was an obvious joke, you probably wanted to try to get it in as fast as possible. That way you didn't feel you're on the hook. If you if you came three and you only had two good ones. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think number one was probably in the most precarious position because he had to establish the pace and the direction, well, what he was going after, also, and then number two had to stay away from it. I don't know. I uh, think every yeah. position had some drawbacks. Also, if you wait to the last, then you could you could take an old joke and rework it in your mind to try mm -hmm. to get it going. Indeed, I don't remember if these people were. They, I don't think they were comedians. They were, they were Bob Williams, yeah. They, they were. Yeah, they came okay, from the so vaudeville they, roots, yeah. Okay, so part of their lives and their livelihoods depended on fast thinking right. and some humorous them, and some performances. Of them, some of them had the, these yeah. joke books in the back of their head. They knew, yeah. they knew it backwards and sure. forward. Sure, and if they were bombing in an audience, they had to come up with something quick. Yep. Yep, and it was mm. an interesting concept. I, the few shows I've not listened to as many as I would like to, there are just so many hours my ears are able to do that. I'll be able to do that better. Lynn sent me a set of earphones, and I have to connect it. It's almost like a router. Mm -hmm. It connects to your television, and it will pick up 
what you're playing on your computer, what you're playing in other air on a radio, wow. on what television. And it's really going to be nifty. So I'll be able to walk around and it's within a 25 foot limit. And you got to trust me, I won't break that limit <laughs> in my little apartment. You're, 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 not, you're not one of these uh, $6 million places, man. No, I do not need a golf cart to get around my apartment. You are so right. So right. So that'll be fun because I can, of course, the only computer that I have is the one that I bought most recently, the one that I can play um, uh, CDs on and the radio shows. So it will be just so cool not to be attached to a piece of equipment by a wire. I've got, it's like a 20 foot, 25 foot wire. The nice thing about but, maybe if you could hook it up to your mobile, your, your mobile CD player, it, that could be the source, and you could still use your computer for other stuff. The external CD player plays through the computer. However, that leaves the computer disk opening, so that I can have two, I can have two things going with two separate CDs at the same time. Okay, I thought maybe you had a portable CD player too. Oh no, no! Everybody else does now. But <laughs> <you don't. laughs> oh dear, we're gonna have to fix that. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I thought your little portable CD player with that device could free up some stuff too. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it could. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Well, I thought Bob's little doodad was pretty nifty. Good. You're not stuck in a power outage because you can use up. Did you find your that, or power. Did, did you find that, or when? I found it. See you, good shopper. Be proud of me. I always I am. am. You know, I really I was one of those where I struggled and struggled and struggled and thought, what kind of really fun, interesting thing that everybody could use. Yeah. You know, because there there are some things that fit one audience, but not another, and right. some family members can use some things and right. not others. So I have to be careful when I'm out looking for something that I have to make sure that everybody is able to use it. And a cell phone recharger in such an interesting way, designed specifically for not having power anywhere. So if you're stuck in the backyard, you put that, throw that in your pocket or purse or beach doohickey, <laughs> and it'll work anywhere. You know what that's great for is you were on the road and you forgot to charge up your cell phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have an automatic, I have a charger in the car mm -hmm. and I keep it in the car where I can plug it into the leather, the lighter. Lighter, yeah. Uh-huh, the cigarette lighter uh, plug. And it'll charge my phone. My mom had the tendency not to charge her cell phone, so it's dead, so sometimes something like this would be good because she, we don't use the the uh, self-starter, you know, the lighter thing. We don't carry that around. A lot of cars for a while didn't come with lighters, mm -hmm. which I thought was about the stupidest thing that a car designer ever did. And now they're trying to justify taking out a CD player. Taking out the CD player? Well, you know what? They, took I, out, they already took out the tape deck. Well, yesterday the rental car we were in with a nice new SUV had mm -hmm. Sirius XM had no CD player. 
that must be what they're talking about. Yeah. They're trying to justify it by saying it will be less weight. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, you get in with a purse and you're talking about the yeah. same amount of weight. Yeah. And, of course, what they're doing is saving money on equipment. And I'm going to be a very unhappy camper because I love playing CDs. Oh, well. Okay, so you have two more questions. You've got baseball and your presidential quote. Uh, I'm sorry, your, your presidential question, not your quote. Presidential question over there on um, Wall, right? You got, we already did Stump Wall then. Yeah, that was the can you top this question. Okay, so we have two more, right? And we've had, that's right, we have two more. The presidential question mm -hmm. and um, presidential question. No, we one more. I guess one more. Yeah, that's why mm -hmm. I was confused. Uh, did I get, wait a minute. Well, okay, we've done the brain teaser. We've done the base, baseball. We've done the lady quote. That's right. So, so we've uh, only got down, we're down to your presidential question. All right. Are you ready? Ready. I know you know this one. You know everything. Oh. Uh, which president wanted to be a concert violinist before he went into politics? I don't know this one. Let me think. You know so much about these guys. I thought you'd get this one no, in a heart. I don't. Know I finally them. found one. I you found did. one. You did. Uh, I don't know how many are really misplaced coins. That's interesting. John Tyler, of no all people, kidding. Wow. this dour, reserved person who didn't like to be around people. I, this, I guess, psychologically. He liked kids. He had about 10 kids. He had 15 kids. He was a busy man. Yeah. Busy, busy man. Two wives. He didn't do this to all of his wives, but I imagine that the first eight killed his first wife. Oh, it's her hormones. That's, my... that's silly. I mean, that's, that's not you think, a you nice think, thing to say at you all. Do you think her hormones might have been out of wax? Well, it wasn't his, but I think, or hers, I yeah. think it might have been his. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In, in that particular era, didn't matter what the woman wanted or didn't want. Well, if so... he wanted... He got. Yeah, it was so interesting studying how many these ladies passed away from childbirth. Think about it. Yes, yes. Or early deaths because of how much having that many children took out of them. Yeah. And a lot, of course, had to do with how close together they 
had the children. Yeah. And that was terrible strain. If you had eight children within, let's say, even 10 years, some of these people had children nine and 10 months apart. Yeah. Where do we get to Ben uh, to um, Paul Revere? Holy cats. I mean, honest to goodness, that guy was a rabbit. He had a couple kids? And he had 16. Two wives. Yeah. I think he killed the first. And when I say killed yeah. the first, um, I don't know how this poor woman could have functioned with the eight kids in the time frame that she had them. Never mind that she had to take care of eight kids. Yeah. But, I wonder what's the most okay. famous uh, offspring maker could be. I guess the, Paul Revere would be up there, a king. Sixteen, and 